Howdy, folks. We have a very unique episode today in honor of our Independence Day of this great American nation that we live in. For those of you abroad, there's still tons of great stuff to learn here. So look forward to sharing this two-part episode that we have titled, We Hold These Truths to Be Self-Evident. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Welcome back to Quality Matters, brought to you by Texas Quality Assurance, where quality management gets simplified. Um, we just finished up our special... Oh, I'm Darcy. And I'm Kyle. We just finished up our special episode on the Declaration of Independence. So to follow that up, we wanted to kind of review the Emancipation Proclamation, because we often celebrate July 4th as a whole, and then I think some people celebrate Juneteenth, mm-hmm. and I think it's a widely misunderstood celebration, even by myself. Um, and many years ago, I got a hint as to what it was, never really bothered to look it up, yeah. but started looking into it a little bit. Well, and I, I think I said look, briefly in the previous episode that in many ways, this is... Uh, the culmination of what the Declaration of Independence was about. You know, Declaration of Independence set out this vision for what we would do, but it was never fully realized. So this came about 100 years after. Yes. In 1863. So President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation Proclamation (laughs) on January 1st, 1863, as the nation approached its third year of a bloody civil war. The proclamation, I keep stumbling over that word, (laughs) declared that all persons held as slaves within the rebellious states are and henceforward shall be free. Despite this expansive wording, the Emancipation Proclamation was limited in many ways. It only applied to states that had seceded from the United States, leaving slavery untouched in the loyal border states. It also expressly exempted parts of the Confederacy, which were the southern secessionist states that had already come under northern control. So in the Civil War, the states that the Union had already taken over, it didn't apply to this. So they're basically, he's basically doing a gotcha to those southern states that still have slavery. Like, you're in rebellion, and we're going to come after you. A little bit, but this is, it was such a profoundly, like, just, brilliant action of his for one this was something that you know abraham lincoln had felt you know passionate about through his entire political career but he also knew that under the direct rules of the constitution following the processes procedures and requirements lined out for the organization he could not make that issue however the president as commander-in-chief has military authority since he has military authority, this was an action that would hinder the military abilities of the enemy states 
And so he therefore had the constitutional powers to do it. Which it's, is noted in the proclamation. Yes. I, I noticed that he referenced himself as the commander in chief, not as the president. Right. As a commander. So we'll it's get just there. Brilliant. So most important, the freedom it promised depended upon union military victory. Yes. Okay. Now, this was quite the gamble. But let this be a lesson, though. When you have problems in your organization that go unchecked, for a period of time, it leads to major, major problems. And there's no difference here in the near 100-year history of the country up to uh, this point. You know, I talk about the Declaration of Independence as very much a mission statement, a value statement. Um, you know, if we go to uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 29 says that where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is the man who keeps the teaching. The word perish, that's not a subtle word. Mm -mm. So where you lose sight of the vision of your organization, why you exist, if you lose sight of that, you perish. And and I think that uh, this, this is just a great example of that occurring. So um, I looked up the definition of perish. It says, suffer death typically in a violent, sudden, or untimely way. Yes. Suffer complete ruin or destruction. Uh, and that's all. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's a pretty good um, summary of what the Civil War um, almost was for our country. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think there's plenty of examples of organizations out there who forget why they exist, and it never goes well. Never goes well. So, let's start the reading. Um, although the Emancipation Proclamation did not end slavery in the nation, it captured the hearts and imagination of millions of Americans fundamentally transformed the character of the war. After January 1st, 1863, every advance to federal troops expanded the domain of freedom. Moreover, the proclamation announced the acceptance of black men into the Union Army and Navy, enabling the liberated to become liberators. What an amazing feeling that must have been. Oh, I know. I, I, I would imagine it's a mix of emotions because, you know, it's like I'm free and I get to fight to free others, but I'm free and I'm fighting for the people that enslaved me. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of a mix of emotions. So by the end of the war, almost 200,000 black soldiers and sailors had fought for the Union and freedom. Um, So the proclamation was signed on January 1st, mm -hmm. and then the 13th Amendment was Mm -hmm. actually... Ratified on February 1st, 1865. It took two years to get the constitutional amendments through. Okay. Um, so Juneteenth then is short for June 19th, which is the day when the federal troops arrived in Galveston, Te- Texas in 1865. Mm-hmm. So the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, mm-hmm. was signed in February of 1865. Correct. And so it took them four months to get to Galveston, and they took control of the state um, and made sure that all the enslaved people were free. Um, I did read that... You know, a lot of um, slave owners had fled to Texas because they felt like it was a safe place. Texas right. has always been kind of its own state and done its right. own thing. Um, so a lot of people have fled there. They felt safe. They felt like they could fight it, you know. <clears throat> so I guess that's why it was such a big deal in Texas. And probably we were the furthest We were about west. the furthest south, yeah. And Galveston was really the furthest south point of uh, civilization in the country. 
<coughs> so, as we said, the arrival came a full two and a half years after the signing of the proclamation mm-hmm. and four months after the signing of the 13th, the 13th Amendment. Amendment. Yep. Um, so Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest-running African-American holiday. On June 17th of this year, it officially became a federal holiday. And I think it's it's fantastic. You know, I, I hear, and I won't get into the political ideas on it, but people are frustrated by this. They don't want to have two Independence Days and all these things. And it, But here's what I love about it. In an organization, you are supposed to track your customer satisfaction. Now, bear with me. And I know that there can be some weird analogies made here, and don't intend that. But you have to track customer satisfaction. You have to track your nonconformities. You have to track your problems. And you ought to be public about that as well, or at least internally share it. If you have a problem, if you completely blew a deal, you did a terrible job, you should have open and honest discussions with yourselves about, we had this problem and we fixed it. Mm -hmm. You know, some organizations will go to the effort of creating case studies to say, look, here's a situation that went horribly wrong. Here's what we did to fix it. You have to remember these things. Mm -hmm. This is why we, in organizations, we document our nonconformities. We document our corrective actions. We document our continual improvement programs. Once it's fixed, you don't just move on. You have to document it and remember it and review it. So I get that. My question is, why a federal holiday when it's when Texas received the notice? I guess, is that because we were kind of the last state to get yeah. it and it officially yes. freed everybody? That is the official There was nowhere end. for them to run to now Correct. to try to keep doing this. Exactly. That was okay. the official end of you know this horrible stain uh, on American history. Okay. But I think some would argue it was not the end. <laughs> well, I agree. I, and that's a whole other conversation that – does not have the quality management implications I want to uh, detail today. Right. Okay, so we're going to read the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, January 1st, 1863, by the President of the United States of America. A proclamation. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas on the 22nd day of September in the year of our Lord, 1862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States, Containing, among other things, the following to wit. That on the first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they may make for their actual freedom. That is a pretty clear message. Again, this is, while yes, this has much more of a historical implication than than what I'm addressing here, but this is a vision to which we are to live up to. This is the mission. This is the direction. But in this case, this is a legally binding document. 
So if we're thinking about our organizations, this begins to be the difference between our mission statements and value statements that we talk about, that we try to live up to. But this is saying, nope, here's the new direction we're going. We're actually documenting it. So this is very much along the lines of, you know, the policies and the objectives. This is precisely what we're about, and this is precisely what we're going to do. Okay. That the executive will... On the first day of January, aforesaid by proclamation, designate the states and parts of the states, if any, in which the people thereof, respectively, shall then be in rebellion against the United States. And the fact that any state or the people thereof shall on that day be in good faith represented in the Congress of the United States by members chosen thereto at elections, wherein a majority of the qualified voters of such state shall have participated shall in the absence of strong countervailing testimony be deemed conclusive evidence that such state and the people thereof are not then in rebellion against the United States. So we set clear timelines, expectations. This is very well formed and, and, and thought out. I feel like I don't really understand what was written there. That was a lot of... <laughs> okay. convoluted mess to me <laughs> so he's stating that the date that this starts right so the mm -hmm. um on this first day of january that i mentioned earlier for said uh, that if any people are still in rebellion that they have the opportunity to have their people you know uh be represented in congress if that representation is of a majority of the people in that state then that state will not be considered in rebellion. So not okay. only is he making this proclamation, but he's saying, guys, you've got time to get your act together. Mm -hmm. We have time to fix this. So just... It, so is he saying the states that are in rebellion that still have slaves, mm -hmm. if they can get together and have a representative come and say, this is why we still want to do this, you can still make an argument? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now, of course, we know that's not quite what happened. Right. Nor did he, I believe, expect that to happen. I think there was there was hope. I mean, the uh, I read a book recently called Lincoln on Leadership. Might be one we need to add for our book club review. It is a fantastic book. You have no idea that the depth of thought that this man had. In any case, um, fantastic, fantastic document. So much that we we can learn from it apart from history, but what we can apply to our businesses and our organizations in our daily lives. Okay. You say okay. Like, well, I'm just thinking about I. I don't want to make light of the subject. No. And and I feel like I wanted to call it a corrective action, but it's not really a corrective action that these states still have the opportunity to come and argue their point. So in the workplace, if your boss comes and says, hey, you're doing this wrong, you got to fix it or mm -hmm. you're going to get fired, or you can tell me why you're doing that way. Well, what is he was, that called? I don't really know. That, that's kind of an interesting point. That's an interesting point. So I don't think there was ever any question that this was an acceptable practice. I think the question was, is what is he under the rules and regulations, the, the Constitution, our laws, what is the executive office allowed to do and not allowed to do? Mm 
And so I think that was a real struggle. And this was the best solution that, that he could come up with. And so by giving the time, now there's He's two just kind of throwing them a bone. Yes. And again, to your point earlier, there's a massive delay in communication. Mm-hmm. So for this to get circulated does take time. Mm-hmm. All right. So continue the reading. Now, therefore, I, Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States, by virtue of the power in me vested as Commander-in-Chief, that's what you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. of the Army and Navy of the United States, in time of actual armed rebellion (laughs) against the authority and government of the United States, and as a fit and necessary war measure for repressing said rebellion, do on this first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1,863, and then in accordance to my purpose, so to do publicly proclaimed for the full period of 100 days from the first day of the above mentioned order and designate the states and parts of states wherein the people thereof respectively are in this day in rebellion against united states the following to it arkansas texas louisiana mississippi florida georgia south carolina north carolina virginia and I'm omitting specific counties and parishes that either were or were not in rebellion there for, for time's sake. There's a full transcription online. I'll make sure that link is provided. And by the power, I'm, I'm sorry, and by virtue of the power and for the purposes foresaid, I do order and declare that all persons held as slaves within these designated states or parts of the states are and henceforth shall be free, and that the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authorities thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of said persons. This is just, it's such a, a fan, not just a fantastic document, but a fantastic moment in, in history. You know, again, this is reinforcing the values that were laid out in the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. Ready to continue? Yes. Okay. And I hereby enjoin upon the people so declared to be free to abstain from all violence unless in necessary self-defense. And I recommend to them that in all cases when allow, they labor faithfully for reasonable wages. Fair. So, yep, not only is he saying you guys can't be hurt anymore, but we need, yeah. you can't hurt anybody else either. Right. And I further declare and make known that such persons of suitable condition will be received into the armed service of the United States to garrison forts, positions, stations, and other places and to man vessels of all sorts in said service. Mm -hmm. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. (laughs) And upon this act, sincerely believed to be an act of justice, warranted by the Constitution upon military necessity, I invoke the considerate judgment of mankind and the gracious favor of Almighty God. In witness thereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed. Done at the city of Washington this first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States of America, the 87th, by the President, Abraham Lincoln. Well, I think between these two documents, I know that uh, Independence Day is celebrated for July 4th, but uh, again, I I think that... uh, it almost can't be celebrated without also understanding some of the history of what what we've gone through. And 
it's just it's amazing to see how things can change over time the good that can be done but it's also amazing to see that when we do not live up to those values and ideals that we hold true you know as as we read before from proverbs when there is no vision the people perish Mm -hmm. well do you have any final thoughts or considerations here at the end of our two-part uh Uh, episode not specifically about what we talked about i just hope our readers or our listeners yes enjoyed this um i know it's kind of a risk it's something different from what we normally do Um, but like i said earlier maybe in the first episode when kyle mentioned july 4th i said hey what about the emancipation proclamation because I just don't think it's understood. And that is coming from my point of view. I'm not a history person. I don't, right. You can ask Kyle. I don't even remember dates from two days ago. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know our history very well. Right. I didn't learn it very well. So looking through my own eyes and my own memory, I just don't know these things. In my mind, Emancipation Proclamation freed the slaves until I was reminded like, no, that didn't actually happen. It was the 13th Amendment. When right. I hear that, then I say, oh, okay. But then there's still this question of Juneteenth right. because, or June 19th because it's not either. Right. So, so, yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. I, I agree. You know, I think it is so important for folks to understand the, their history. And again, this applies in our identity as Americans, but this also applies for the organization that you're with, the church that you attend, the community that you live in, you need to understand the underpinning values, ideas, and morals that guide that organization. The root causes. Yes. If you do not understand these things, you are inevitably doomed to continue to repeat failures and mistakes of the past. And it is understanding these values is so incredibly critical. And I think the issue is that, you know, something wonderful starts. Yes. And they have all the reasons and the missions. And maybe it's written down, maybe it's not. But either way, even if it is written down, it gets pushed aside. Yes. To these people, you know, by these people over however many months, years, whatever it may be. Yep. And then they just start doing their own thing. Yeah. And then that's shown in just the way the body, whether it's the workplace, the congregation, the country, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, starts to react and fall apart or bloom and flourish. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have seen through our our nation's history both, and I think you'll see that is true of any organization. You see both aspects, but I think we live in such a wonderful, prosperous, and amazing uh, country and time in, in history, and, you know, damn proud to say I'm proud to be an American. And a Texan. Yes, that too. Thank you guys. Happy Independence Day. And we uh, hope to keep talking to you some more soon. All right.